taking a breath in or releasing calming breath out listening to the rhythm of your body as you find peace a sense of centeredness amplifying the breath in Exhaling out. Noticing the feeling of being here alone. Recognizing the feelings, the emotions, the thoughts that come up with the term alone. Breathing in and breathing out. Taking this opportunity to examine, witness, and experience the feeling of being by yourself. Breathing in and breathing out. Encouraging you now to bring your attention, your focus into yourself for one last moment. Finding confidence, faith, and comfort within yourself. Opening your eyes when you're ready. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of the Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, you're going to hear from one of my guests, Joey, who shares his personal journey with psychedelics and the wonderful authenticity that he brings to the table. Joey, how are you feeling coming in today? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I'm still excited by the process that continues. Has it been two weeks? Two yeah, I think, yeah, I think two and a half weeks, two weeks of your experience. And what was that? What is two and a half weeks look like? I think you bring up a valid point the continuation, right? This incremental uncovering. I, yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about this sort of earlier on that I, I was going into the experience thinking that that was going to be the highlight, that that was going to be the, the greatest pleasure. And, and maybe I'm just kind of a weirdo that I love self-analysis and I feel like I can't unpack things quickly enough. There's just so much that space that that I that the experience provided that's just been so rich I mean just to the extent that I I mean it's it's surprising to me that I consider myself a self-reflective person and I feel like I spend a lot of time doing that that I have space for that and this is a gold mine of new thoughts and new perspectives on the same old shit that I've been looking at for 
ever. <laughs> it's amazing. It's I love what you just said. Can we pause with that? Is you're not only saying that the experience wasn't necessarily the highlight or what we thought was going to be the highlight, but it's now what's being uncovered, this gold mine of perspective, feeling, thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, the past two and a half weeks. I'm it's exciting to me that I don't know when it I don't know when it's gonna end. And I feel perfectly sober, I guess to be clear, but there's there's just a lot there to examine and and I feel like I've got the interest in examining it. There there was this really interesting experience for the first several days after the experience where I felt like while I'm saying a lot of stuff came up, there was also just this intense quietude that allowed me to look at things with a lot of focus and patience. I was able to read and take in new information in without a lot of noise in my head, which of course is important for changing perspectives as well. There's this beautiful opening of space and time, which was really great. But in that, in that process, it just opened up an ability to just look at, look at, yeah, like I said, the, the same things that I've been looking at for decades, trying to fix, trying to self-repair. Are they monumental shifts in perspective or are they a version of on the spectrum? How are you seeing these perspectives? They're, they're additional angles. They're not, no, yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to qualify it. Some of them seem profound, but still, you know, just very different. As you know, I, I lost my brother, my twin brother a few years ago. And that's, that's been, that's been a seemingly a separate, some, something in my life to process. But one of the things that sort of came out of the actual experience with my guide in that, in that time period was pairing it with fact that well, when I realized that I was gay at 12 or 13 years old, based on a conversation that he and I were having, my brother and I were having as young teenagers, realizing, oh yeah, his sexuality has started and mine has started and it's, it's different. And because I was identifying as gay, like it's, it's wrong and all these sorts of cultural things filtered in very, very quickly to some extent. That's when I lost my brother. That's when I stopped communicating to my brother on this really core level that if you're not, if you don't have the gift of being a twin, it's hard to uh, conceive of, but it's, it was much like just cutting off my own tongue. Like if I can't talk to my twin brother about something, I'm not talking. I mean, there's nobody else that I'm talking to. So just kind of realizing that, that. The, the grief that I was exploring that I'm trying to understand when I lost my brother five years ago really is paired with this grief of losing my brother, you know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, when I just stopped talking to him and then just the ramifications of like, well, if I'm not, if I don't know how to talk to my brother about this stuff, like I don't know how to talk to anybody about it because talking to my brother is the easiest thing in the world. When you say this out loud. I see a deep sense of courage, vulnerability, and then understanding that's clearer. What's becoming more clearer in this recognition of 
your brother as a child and your brother most recently? I'm not, this isn't exactly answering your question. So you, you can react, re-ask me that in a second. I, what's, what's become most, most obvious about that sort of recognition to me is just overall language, language skills around intimate, anything. It's just like, I stopped sharing period. I stopped sharing with the closest person in my life. I was scared. I was all the reasons that a young gay teenager in the eighties or whatever would have responded. And, and I, and I never relearned it. And I think that's the most obvious thing to me out of that experience is just that I never relearned it. In regards to intimacy today and after the experience two weeks ago, what's being uncovered? What are these new gems or paradigm shifts of the word intimacy or how intimacy is playing into your life? I'm currently, I don't have a partner to explore that with, but I think it just makes it really clear as to why I don't have a partner with this, this without developing language around intimacy, without developing language of around vulnerable situations or allowing, allowing myself to be vulnerable. It doesn't, it just doesn't bode well for a healthy romantic relationship. And now do you see yourself recognizing those opportunities and desires too? Is there a new conscious perspective around it? Or is there still healing that has to be done around what you and your brother had? I think, I think both. There's an additional layer of grief thinking about what I cut myself off the depth of relationship that I cut myself off from my brother. I I came out, you know, a a few years later and my brother was my best friend and there was no sense that I couldn't talk to him about it. It just wasn't something that I learned to do. I just, I cut myself off talking about sexuality in those key years and, and just never, one of the other things, I guess, without getting too off topic. One of the things, the other things that came up during that, that initial ex- experience was how much my own shame shut me down. How, and the boundaries that I created, the boundaries that I created that I thought I created to protect myself, I think are more in place to protect others, to protect straight men from my sexualities, I certainly wouldn't want to offend anybody. I certainly wouldn't want to make somebody uncomfortable. And that was a really big realization where at this point I think like, fuck that. Like, I don't like, I mean, that's kind of like a huge, like, why do I care if if my sexuality is offending somebody else when I've been asked all my life, like, Hey, do you want to go to this straight hookup bar or coerced into bachelor parties and whatever, going to strip joints or whatever, like. I've endured, we've all endured heterosexuality forever, and that's fine. Um, But protecting others from my homosexuality, I don't want to blame anybody. I did it myself. That's Um, a beautiful expression, though. I'm just, I'm in awe of just the clarity you say that. Does it resonate and does it feel more congruent as you're saying it at this moment? Yeah, it does. 
like, I understand sort of, I understand why I, I did it. I don't know necessarily how to undo it. That's going to be. Way. Say more about that. I mean, it, just kind of stepping back a little bit, just that whole idea of I've not, um, I've talked about my sexuality openly as in just like, yes, I'm gay. Like, at, and, and honestly, when I came out, you know, 10 years after realizing I was gay or something, I really thought that was the experience was like, no, I'm just going to tell people I'm gay. And then my sexuality is fixed, you know, like, uh, and, and it, I didn't think there was any work to do around a learning language, learning how to be a sexual, a full embodied person that happens to be sexual, that happens to be homosexual in, in the world. So, so I think learning how to comfortably express my sexuality around gay men and straight men is, is going to be a process. And this process you're doing, it's been more uncovered with the use of your psychedelic experience. Is that what I'm hearing? That the psychedelics has given you a different perspective. Is that one of those perspectives you're talking about or angles? Yeah, hugely so. I mean, I'd be daft at 48 years old to 49, uh, 49 years old, I think, to, to pretend that I don't recognize that I've not been able to really successfully feel like I can e- e- express my sex- sexuality. It, like I'm, I'm understanding that I'm single in a large way because there's this thing that I need to work on around just intimacy. And so the understanding around the different underpinnings of that and, and the fact that I put it there myself, um, that I put those protections in their self, I don't know. I mean, it, as I stumbled through my words, it's, I'm stumbling through it because I still have a lot to look at, which I'm going to ask you when you stumble, as you say, through the words, what's true in the body, what's your body telling you, what's your heart telling you through the emotional expression? Well, I think I kind of, I think it kind of is, I feel, I feel the grief of it a little bit deeper this deep sadness of how much time has been lost. I guess that's probably the most, that's the biggest aspect of it emotionally is, is gosh, it's just, there's so much time lost and, and so much time lost when I sort of thought like something was going to happen to me or someone was going to happen to me where this medicine has allowed me to realize like, I mean, I, I was pretty open to people that I was dating or, or whatever. Like, how do I sort of like, what do I need to improve upon here? Like exit interviews. <laughs> I just have more clarity about it myself. But there's also this flip side of it is as excitement that I do have something that I can work at and unpack. And I don't, I don't mind doing that work. I love that. I really resonate with the idea that you recognize it within yourself is what I hear you saying that this is my work. This is my journey, irrelevant of the variables that come into concert with you or the relationships that you're recognizing. There's nuances within yourself that you're really learning about. Yeah. Well, in, in sort of recognizing and learning about it, I mean, it, it, it gives me, um, you know, it, it's also exciting from the perspective of feeling like, well, uh, 
I'll have better relationships. I'll have healthier relationships, relationships that are of a dirt at different depth, a greater depth, because I'm just able to understand how somebody might be perceiving me because I see it not myself. You see it yourself. And so that brings me kind of in a classic psychedelic way, going backwards instead of forwards. You say there's lots of gems that are being uncovered, lots of beautiful experiences being uncovered over the course of the last two weeks. How do those manifest and how do you, you see those now? How do they kind of in the middle of the morning or afternoon, what, what kind of compels you or takes notice? Uh, in my way of being super redundant and overly communicative, I apologize. How do you see it, the integration process unfolding for you? Are there like, oh God, there it is, or does it kind of just seductively come across you? Well, it, it's a pretty forward seduction if it's happening. I mean, it's, it feels like it's present anytime I want to spend time with it on my shoulders. It's, it's been certainly hard. I'd given myself some space through the experience after the experience based on your guidance. And I, I think perhaps I would have in an ideal world, I would have taken more time off going back to the work stuff has been hard because it's I work, I get tired and I, and I, I'm not spending as much time with the stuff that's still sort of hitting, hitting around me. One of the things that you and I talked about prior to the experience was sort of understanding that this experience might be more grief based than what I was anticipating. And then we talked about this after the experience too, that there's kind of an opera, there's, there's options on, on the table. I can sort of close myself off from the grief and shut down how things feeling the things that I, that, that are in my body, that are in my heart, that are whatever, and kind of just continue the way that I've been continuing for a while. <laughs> and, you know, that's sort of the devil that I know, right? The devil that I don't know is sort of, you know, feeling into those things more, which from a physical perspective, you know, because I shut myself off from feeling in, in my heart and there, and in addition, there's been a lot, there's been a lot of grief in my life. And, and I, I want to say that understanding that a lot of people have had way deeper grief, but I, I feel like there's been a lot of grief in my life and feeling it in my heart and not being able to do anything and not having the language to intimate with somebody else to sort of help through it. Like it, it that's, that's been hard. And so now, so I, I shut my heart off and I shut my body off. And so now, sorry, this is a long-winded answer. This is perfect. It's perfect. It's right where you are. I feel like, I feel the aches and pains of just like my, my physical body. When I wake up in the morning, I just feel, I'm feeling it all a little bit more and kind of, there's this conscious decision that has to be made every day. Like, do you need to close yourself off to feeling that? Do you just need to power through today? Do you have time to move in your body and, and, and feel it and, and developing. So nine times out of 10, I I've been choosing to do that feeling in thing, which feels nurturing, which feels like it's part of becoming more embodied. It's felt great. And, and the idea of, I mean, walking away from this experience simply saying like, I've developed 
a couple new habits of just like getting up and breathing and getting up and moving, doing yoga or stretching or, or moving my body in some ways. Um, I feel like that alone would be a tremendous gift, right? From, from the experience. And so, so I'm really great. I'm really grateful for that. It just comes with feeling, feeling into the heart too, which is. That's when it gets dicey. That's right. It's like, oh, you can feel it, right? You wake up with that heart and there's a recognition of, I loved what you said. Do I want to barrel through this or do I have space to honor it? Yeah. And, and the fear of barreling through it, of course, is I, I sort of feel like, is this, is this, could this experience fall away? Is this still part of the medicine? That's certainly how I felt the first week. Is this, it's great. And I'm going to lean into this because, because it feels great to feel my body. It feels great to stretch and move. And I have the space, like part of, part of this sort of clearing out my head space through the medicine was really key that now my head is, is busy and that stuff hasn't slipped away. Like I still feel my body. I just get to decide if I want to try to stretch and get up and move and all the things that my acupuncturist has been telling me that I need to do, you know, for 15 years or whatever that I've been seeing him. And what I want to share with you is hearing you say that is a profound sense of respect for your work you're doing. When I hear you say, is this still the medicine? I would like to double down as a witness to you, reminding you of the work you're doing, the invitations you're accepting, and the courage to be vulnerable in those spaces. Mm -hmm. The medicine, I believe, was a spontaneous catalyst for you. Yes, certainly it was. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I in week two or two and a half or wherever I'm at, in the process sort of it it feels like it it feels like i can take the ownership of it you know like oh right i'm i i've made the cho i've made the choice enough now that it is choice versus an outcome i love that and so the million dollar question is with such a beautiful opportunity to be cultivating and chewing on such a remarkably intimate and emotional subject matter when do you recognize that you need to do this again? Or what will it look like? Do you believe as an expression of, do I need a, another experience or is it even necessary? Hmm. It's, it's a good question. I think that I've had that thought come up in my head a couple of times and instantly sort of sloughed it off as like, well, that's. That's not the most important question I need to be asking myself right now. I can't imagine that there's so, there's so much right now. And, and like, I think I said, I'm, I'm really excited about, about it. I'm excited about the unpacking of it. And I, I guess I feel like when I need a new stimulus, if you will, I, I, I'd go back, but right now, I, right now I've got my hands, my heart, my mind full and I feel like zero rush to jump back into anything. That's beautiful. That's really respectful, especially in the world of psychedelics is this idea of I need to do more while I'm chewing on this. Let's dive in deeper. And I think there's a really prudent and respectful cadence that you're looking at it with. Mm, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You know, it could be also just, I don't want to be overwhelmed. Like, right. 
as you know me too too well, like I I protect myself and want to make sure that I'm safe all the time. And I feel like no 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 need to blow my head off right now. Like there's plenty here. Good for you to say that, which leads me to always ask and check in with you around what are the ways you're recognizing the gentleness you have for yourself. How are you being? gentle in uncovering this monumental information and experience for the most part it's happening in the, in the mornings I mean, my morning routine historically is wake up spend you know 10 seconds petting my dog just because she requires it of me and then getting a cup of coffee in my hand usually opening opening up a device and doing a little bit of something before then slamming it to work. And then I just sit in front of my computer for eight or nine hours or whatever. And by the time I'm done, I'm tired. And in the morning, before I pet the dog, I get up and I stretch and I breathe and just kind of feel my body and decide if I need to spend more time breathing or meditating or opening up Insight Timer and downloading some wisdom from somebody else. And then I pet the dog and I feel like when I'm petting the dog, I feel a little bit more connected to her and I come upstairs and have less coffee than I normally consume, which is kind of nice. So that's, that's the biggest space that I have kind of writing. I mean, certainly in that first week or so, there was a lot of journaling in, in part because I was fearing that I was going to lose, lose the, these gems, you know, these, these things that I want to Sort of go back to, I, I imagine that I'll go back to reading some of those journalings too to sort of remember some of that stuff. Joey, I'm profoundly grateful for you. I witness complete and clear courage and respect for you in this path you're taking. Yeah, thanks. It's been really, I appreciate your support through it. It's certainly bigger than I, bigger, different than I, than I was expecting it to be. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as much the experience. I don't want to say that anything <laughs> the experience, the experience was lovely, but there's, there's just a lot that's come out of it that I would have never guessed. Yeah. I often say it provides you what we need, not necessarily what we want. And in that we must be gentle. Yeah, right. I feel like even that first day I felt critical, not because I wasn't getting something that was enjoyable, but that I definitely wasn't getting what I wanted or thought that I wanted. And, and ultimately, I got way more, <laughs> way more from it. So in that spirit, like this, I can't imagine not wanting to do, to do it again at, at some point, going into it with presumably a different assumption. To be Love it.